the name of God, who is Alpha and Omega, our beginning and our end. Amen. The psalm is a song of praise today, as are many psalms, but I love particularly the wording as the choir so beautifully sang it. Wild beasts and all cattle, creeping things and winged birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the world, young men and maidens, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name only is exalted. His splendor is over earth and heaven. A song of the benefits and the glories of God's love, God's grace, God's glory, which is not like the glory many of us seek here, but the glory of grace and forgiveness and mercy. So in our gospel today, Jesus says in the gospel, John's gospel, I give you a new commandment. He's speaking about love, about God's love, and about how we are to embody that in the world, how his disciples are to embody that in the world. And he says, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. We hear this gospel as well on Monday, Thursday during Holy Week, uh, a service that is a beautiful traditional service in which we uh, enact Jesus' humble service through the washing of the feet when we remember this command to love, when we remember the Last Supper and the institution of the Eucharist and where we strip the altar in preparation for Holy Week. Because this talk of love in John's gospel is in that context, in Jesus' farewell speeches. This talk of love happens right after the uh, friends, the disciples, are gathered with Jesus in a feast, in a dinner. And Judas is present and then walks out the door to go tell the authorities where Jesus is and to pocket some money for the betrayal. Jesus knows where Judas is going, how he walks away from his friends, from everything that he's been taught, and yet, in that moment of betrayal, Jesus doesn't talk about revenge or even justice. Jesus talks about love. Jesus talks about love. We hear it again today in Easter season. And we hear it today because Easter season is a season of resurrection, a season of God's power and grace and love overcoming the consequences of betrayal. And the, the manifestation of that is Jesus' resurrection. And so the ethic of resurrection, the ethic of Easter, is the power of love. And specific love. Mundane love, 
as well as broad love. Love that we have to make a decision every day to bring about. Love that we have to remind ourselves to cultivate. And love that we have to remind ourselves to enact when we're not really feeling the love. Love is the ethic always. Love is the ethic in betrayal and in resurrection. Love is the action specific and broad that fuels our lives of faith, that fuels our purpose, that fuels our hope. Love is for always. Not sure that's great English, but anyway, love is for always. In betrayal and in glory. It's not for bitterness or triumphalism. Love is an action, a word, a tenderness, a courage, where we can point to the presence of God here and now, tenting among us, dwelling among us, as the scriptures say in various forms today. God is our Alpha and our Omega, our beginning and our end, loving us the entire way throughout our journey as newborns, as toddlers, as adolescents, as uh, young adults and beyond. God is with us. We only have to open our eyes and see. And if we are able to tap into this, we can show a glimmer of that love to one another, and we will know that glory. The glory not of championships, though that always gives good energy. The glory not of celebrity and lots of likes. The celebrity not of raw power and riches, but the glory of God. The power of resurrection, of inclusion, of love. And if we can tap into that power, now this is a joke, we might even be able to power the Texas grid, which we need to. But we can do more. What power do we have in our lives when we feel powerless? I'm going to give you one serious example of some friends who felt powerless and yet were able to do something that became a witness throughout the world. On January 21st, 2013, Hadia Pendleton, a high school student from the south side of Chicago, marched in the uh, President Obama's second inaugural parade. One week later, she was shot and killed in a playground in Chicago, hanging out with her friends. Soon after this tragedy, Hadia's childhood friends decided to commemorate her life by wearing orange, not UT orange, sorry John, but orange, the color hunters wear in the woods to protect themselves and others. 
not anyone's favorite color, that bright orange, but it's what they could think of in their love to honor their friend. So on what would have been Hadiyah's 18th birthday in 2015, they began that commemoration for awareness of gun violence. And eight years later, well in the years since, that movement has grown tenfold. An amazing witness. And yet, as we so painfully felt yesterday, gun violence and hate-fueled gun violence continues to expand. This year, Trinity will light up this limestone with that uh, warning orange in commemoration of those that we know. For this year only, I've given pastoral care to students and teachers from our schools close by in our counties that have dealt the first firsthand with that pain. In our lesson from Acts, one of the things that fuels that violence, a tendency of human beings that goes wrong, that tendency to exclude or other or hate people based on whatever you think uh, is wrong with them, it appears, it appears in the early Christian community because Peter goes and visits with some people that the disciples that have sent him don't think he should be hanging around with. They say, why are you visiting those people? Why are you bringing the word of God to those people? I encourage you to read closely the lesson from Acts. You know, often human beings look for someone to feel better than, right? Even when we think we're trying to do it in a compassionate way to make ourselves feel better when we're low. It slips into, into a, a, a justification. It starts out well with, well, at least I'm not as bad off as them. At least I don't have to deal with that. My situation is not as bad as that. But as we try to make ourselves feel better about something, we can easily go from I'm better off than such and such person to I'm better than such and such person. And that can slip, that can slip into actions of hate and of exclusion that have nothing to do with the gospel, which have nothing to do with knowing Jesus of Nazareth and loving and being loved by God in Christ. 
In the lesson from Acts, we see this dynamic strong at work. The in crowd, who's really the out crowd, these, these new Jesus disciples, a small group at that time, but growing, a small but growing group. They are precious. They are committed. They are brave. For it's dangerous to be a disciple in that time. But like I said, they complain to Peter about who he is visiting. Why are you going to visit those people? They're not one of us. And Peter's answer is brilliant. The Spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us, he says. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as it had upon us at the beginning. The Holy Spirit fell upon them just as it had fell upon us at the beginning. And I remember the word of the Lord, how he had said, John baptized with water, and I will baptize with the Holy Spirit. If then, says Peter, God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I then that I could hinder God? Who was I then that I could hinder God? And when they heard this, they were silenced. And gratefully, they were brought to their senses. Who am I to hinder God is a question that's useful for us to ask. When prejudice and exclusion rear their ugly heads, it's a question for us to ask all our lives and ask not in fear, but in the knowledge that God's love will power us through our own weaknesses and our own tendencies to be afraid or, or, or separate ourselves from others. That God's love will carry us into community that converts the worst of what we can do to each other into presence of the presence of God. Who am I to hinder God? In Acts, we find that salvation, that conversion, show themselves in belonging and extending the belonging to people we don't know. Extending in belonging and hospitality, an ethic of inclusion which is an ethic of love, which is the ethic of Easter and resurrection. Finally, in the most glorious part of the revelation of John, the part that we read today, he shares a vision of God's promise. And that vision of God's promise is God coming here tenting among us, dwelling among us. Jesus says that we are to love one another in the gospel because Jesus is the visible manifestation of the presence of God, and through his love we know and are called to believe. And if we manifest that 
even, like I said, even a little glimmer of that love, even a little glimmer of that love, we will be a visible presence of the presence of God for and with each other. Just as that young woman's friends in the playground were able to witness and carry on her memory, just as the disciples in the time of Peter were able to open their hearts to those who they scorned or just didn't like that much. And we will be able to love, not just in good times, but also in times of betrayal, in times of violence, in times where people other so much that they can shoot people down in Buffalo, New York, that they can shoot into a journalist's funeral, that they can try to take your rights away. But God's promise is coming here. And we hear that in the revelation of John. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. See, the home of God is among mortals, he says, in the middle of all this beautiful language. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. And even as it's hard to hear that, that's the hope and the vision and the love to which we cling. For who are we to hinder God? Amen. Hallelujah.